All right. There we go. Venerable. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good day, wherever you are in whatever time zone in which you review these teachings. These teachings basically are a reminder that wisdom is your natural state and that together when we cultivate a voice of compassion and invitation and we clearly remember that we are one in the dance of life, we may manifest a world of beauty. So may these words remind you that your natural state is luminosity and that the seed of awakened wisdom is within each of us. May the appearances of confusion fall away that we see like the wise gardener, the beautiful seeds, the healthy seeds, that will bring joy, wisdom, and accomplishment for our family, friends, all beings. May that wisdom seed be awakened and may it flourish a skillful activity in harmony for all. So today's concept in the series, which is We Are Light, We Are Stardust, and the Garden is Within, is to consider the seeds of thought we plant. And so, as we sow, so shall we reap, becomes a pathway of understanding how we are all united. In the Galatians 6, chapter 6, verse 6, it talks about the fellowship, the verb of fellowship, sharing in a material way, is encouraged by the New Testament. And also, it inspires me, or I feel it concurs with the idea of all beings being relative. When we experience appreciation, when each of us is thankful for a moment of understanding or the joy that comes, or even what may be an emotional or physical challenge, when we appreciate, ah, this is a vehicle for my learning and growth, then the potential of the field reveals to us the method of reconciliation and the pathway of healing resonance. Consider the water that nurtures the field. In a sense, the water is our own pristine awareness. From where does this pristine awareness arise? It arises from the heart of space, the mother of the universe, and we can say in the Judeo-Christian view, it arises from the light, voice, sound of God. And the waves of light that move and express the formation of galaxies, those waves and those spiraling energies continue on within each of us. And so 
with lack of memory, one may pollute those pristine waters with negative thinking, or one may have lack of faith. What is there to have faith in when there are so many different worldviews about the mystery and the holy? Well, we can understand this, that the mysterious, unnameable energy that permeates all form also is intelligent and wise. And as we peel away the illusion of separation from this wisdom potential, and as we, like a wise gardener, call from the stream of our thinking those thoughts that uh, cause harm so we understand how to prepare our home for the spring cleaning, to declutter, to get rid of what is not needed. Or as we prepare the garden, we remove the weeds and we also remove the stones. So what is clutter in our human condition? Perhaps the heaviest stone is the stone that denies that we are part of a wondrous creation. To feel that one exists alone, it is an extreme uh, form of suffering and to have those awakening moments of, aha, I am part of a dream unfolding, and I am blessed, is an incredible release of energy. So, as we sow, so shall we reap. What are the thought forms that have brought us realization and recognition that we are indeed part of a sacred circle of life. Sometimes it is as simple as the breeze upon our face, the grace of fresh air, or it may be the awakening in the heart of a childhood memory of the waters speaking to us. So pristine awareness, the sweet waters that nurture the seeds of karma, they also have within the methods of realization. So we read from our mind those thoughts that are outgrown. We plant seeds of appreciation intention that we may bring forth understanding and skill. So what is the skill to be manifested in our own life? First to see with the eye of discriminating awareness and discernment what is the truth behind appearances. Very often we may think that something is happening 
to the world. We can even consider the weather as an external event. And I invite you to consider that the movement of the winds is also related to the spiraling energy of the winds within our own body-mind. How is it to consider that we are part of a cycle? First, you are a thought seeking expression along the fields, spiraling energies you descended into your mother's womb. Grace and blessings attracted to the family for continued exploration and growth and simultaneously not separate from that original state of awareness. People called into our lives also resonance, coupling, expression of ourselves, a commitment to explore the child's wisdom, direct perception. It is singing in the back of our minds. Joy, accomplishment, it grows in our hearts when we consider that our activities may benefit all of our relatives and all beings. Well, you may ask, well, how can I benefit others when it seems my own life has challenges? The very unraveling of what looks to be your own challenge, like a tuning fork when we have the heart of dedication, also resonates through the field and benefits myriad beings. How? Because we plant seeds with a mindfulness that as I grow, may the wisdom within me also nurture the wisdom and the appearance of other. Understanding the cycles of planting season also becomes a pathway to understand cycles of accomplishment. So what is there to accomplish? The most important accomplishment is the realization of awakened mind and the heart of compassion and skillful action. And the steps we take, they are every day with every breath an opportunity to recognize that in this moment, all moments occur, and in this moment, the awakened presence exists within us. So in the dance of exploration, sometimes one may experience the pain of uh, illness or loss or uh, non-safety. And many people actually are experiencing the discomfort of illness. And 
when we think of the causes of suffering, we consider them like uh, weeds in the field and sometimes like stones in the field. So the most heavy stone is the stone of non-faith, non-recognition of the threads that unite us. And so where do we begin uh, removing that stone? We begin with a bit of appreciation, considering how other beings continuously have given us support. And so we begin with developing pathways of knowledge. Oh, I have learned from parents or others how to create a healthy body-mind. And through this process of uh, growing in a family, also I've learned the importance of making friends. And as friends, we explore and we learn and we express our ideas and we consider how we may manifest particular things for the benefit of others. And then with this understanding, we have acknowledged a small network or a large network that generates abundance and we recognize, oh, when my mind is concerned with benefiting my family, friends, and co-workers, and when my heart expands to recognize all beings are my relatives, ah, there is a fruitful crop. So we can see the connection of karmic outgrowth, the seeds that are harvested, they are planted by our uh, background thought. So a concept of sweet waters, pristine waters, it reminds us of the first light, the first sound, and the primordial waters of consciousness arising. And the water within our own bodies resonates with that pure water of forms arising from empty space. And so when we make apology and correction, that sweet water reveals itself as the dust of projected ideas of separation fall and reveal that, oh, this dust is actually the beginning of the ongoing dance of creation, and that with our speech and action, we may nurture beneficial accomplishments for all. So you begin to consider some of the uh, 
ideas that are being expressed in physics, that the viewer, how we view the world, has an impact upon the movement of the photons, how the viewer has an impact upon plant growth. As we look around at the studies of scientists, it becomes even more apparent the importance of cultivating a path of right relationship and living it. So whatever is your spiritual background, there is the truth that when there is a pebble thrown in the pond, the ripples go out and there are repercussions for ourselves and others. Often one may think that the reverb is punishment. I invite us to also consider that what bounces back is opportunity for enlightenment, an opportunity to transform the thoughts that uh, become aggregates of confusion. So, for example, when we uh, think of another person as less than, let us reframe that thought that those people who appear in our lives are mirrors of potential and mirrors of thought forms that we ourselves may transmute. So reading the garden of our own mind also is to acknowledge that whatever appearances arise, that there are some causes for them, whether the causes are immediate, uh, somehow they appear not out of nowhere through the reverberation of the field, interference patterns arise. And these interference patterns can be of individuals' confusion, anger, grasping, pushing away. Whatever the cause, in our own heart and mind, it is wise to explore them. To be a, a good human being is an aspiration of many to be a righteous, compassionate, awakened human being is also a inspiration and a call to life. So considering that all beings are our relatives, what thoughts do we remove from the garden? I suggest removing any concept of helplessness and honor the accomplishments. Energize the voice of appreciation and the voice of invocation.
What is there to invoke? Let us invoke the wisdom potential, the voice of reason within our activities and within our associations. Let it be revealed through the reverberations of our speech and action, skillful methods, inventions that enhance wisdom and skill. What are inventions? In a sense, the sacred art we see and the geometric forms that are conveyed through sacred art are inventions that reveal our existence in multiple dimensions and most importantly, teach us how our speech and action uh, build certain results. So how do we leap from the boiling pot of confusion into the mist of realization? First, recognize that ordinary view is a conditioned view and a hypnotic view. So we may think it is all right that uh, people are hungry when there is food thrown away or we may even ignore it. And something begins to appear amiss. How can this be that we throw food away and there are people hungry nearby. So that is a point of awakening. Then the spiritual being considers the skillful action. Upon seeing this, what can we do? Well, we learn not to waste. And what has appeared as waste is applied to the garden as compost after it has been offered to others. So what is left that you thought was of no use, like the stems, the seeds, the rough parts of the vegetable, also the rough parts of our communication, also become compost for the garden's growth. So in our personal activities, it means that we make a difference that we can share with one another and the very action of sharing enhances our accomplishment because we then have greater access to the energy within the field because we understand that I don't exist alone in the field, that this being called I is a relative to many. So let us think again. We are light, we are stardust, and the garden is within. Every atom, every 
photon, all that moves within our physical bodies has moved in many forms, even as spiraling galaxies, as great nebulae, we first appeared. And in this very moment, there are arising new worlds within. And to access those worlds is to understand the vibration of thought, the ripples created, and to conscientiously choose to energize a world of beauty, to plant seeds that will be harvested as life force and wisdom enhancing for all. So where does it begin? It begins, let us look at our own mind. How do I speak of others? Ah, I'm, I'm getting more wise. Ah, I energize people's wisdom potential. Most importantly, I recognize the growth within myself. And I choose not to respond or be enraptured by the projections of a a thought form that no longer sustains itself. So what's a thought form that no longer sustains itself? The belief that uh, one part of the world is not impacted by another part of the world. We understand the the wind blows around the planet, the oceans move around the planet and affect us all. So separation, it is uh, not real. We are connected. What do we choose to separate from? I say let us separate from the illusion of not enough. Let us separate from the illusion of them and us. Let us recognize the wisdom within the human family to grow and change. Well, what can one person do? One person, like one small pebble thrown in the lake, actually generates ripples, ripples of change. When you hear music played by musicians who are one with the sound, your heart is lifted. And as your heart is lifted, changes occur within your body-mind. Relaxation, first an obvious clarity of inner vision and even changes within the brainwave patterns. And those brainwave patterns actually interface with our environment. And the the most subtle brain is the brain or the nerve understanding within our heart. And so we are connected with the atmosphere and the streams of thought 
that move through the planet. And very often the mind is receptive to the thought forms that are promulgated, uh, conditioned views, and those conditioned views are not to the support of our awakening, but they are views of limitation. And so one may not even know that the water is getting hot because of the hypnotic effect of conditioned view. The heart directly perceives things as they are. The heart is not deceived. And so let us understand the resonant pulse of our own heart, the wisdom that is stored within, an image that we've worked with for 25 years, 30 years, is of a galaxies at the heart center, a blue-white jet coming from the center and arising from that blue-white jet a rainbow Taurus ring, and then many rainbow Taurus rings. Uh, these images reveal just how the dance of forms arising is occurring. And through the direct perception of the heart, we remember and experience our unity in the field. So what are we sowing this season? Well, our garden at home, colored greens, kale, dark green vegetables are important. So the dark green vegetables, in a sense, correspond to our ability and the liver's ability to synthesize information. So we're receiving information uh, through the through reading and studying that uh, it is apparent that the human mind impacts with photons, electrons, the very field that we are not yet naming. I say we can call it the mind, the the divine the mystery. So these things we can understand. Then it is clear through the mind that when there are large events uh, about to occur that impact the human family, that as human beings we all sense it. And uh, random generators placed around the planet uh, through the P-E-A-R experiment reveal this to be true. Then there is the wisdom of the heart that before the mind revealed the proof of the heart's direct experience in a moment of ah understanding, we have each experienced 
the beauty of the earth or direct experience of ourselves united with the field of life. So there are many analogies that refer to the gardener. As we sow, we shall reap. It is a reminder to take the confusion out of our body-mind and understand the patterns uh, that we've woven as human beings or accepted as human beings to to clutter the field of our natural pristine awareness. Let our wisdom eyes see the patterns. Hmm, well, that was actually an idea. Wasn't really my need. That was a need expressed as fashionable. And as fashionable, that shape conveyed to me uh, a capacity for building. So I'm speaking of a sculpture, a sculpture of a geometric shape. Ha! Huh. So there is the the call to share information. Here is a sculpture. The sculpture is of the double tetrahedron, and it reveals to us that heaven and earth meet within our hearts, and it is uh, also expressing the double helix of forms continually arising. Ah, an object. I see it for what it is. So the idea is revealed. Now I may pass it along and look at the next form that arises. So decluttering our brain of the extraneous idea of, oh, it is wonderful, this or that artist made it, it is worth this or that. Ah, and I see the the means of conveying information about forms arising in the shape. Aha, understanding is revealed. So discriminating awareness is also to be selective about the the thoughts we accept. We want to guard the wisdom within us as well as we care for a newborn. So we make choices about the thought forms we accept and even what we view and what we uh, participate in. So some things we may view, oh, it is exciting, adrenaline, impulses. Well, it may be exciting, and it may also be 
uh, and darkening and rapturing one in a smaller view. So it is important to be selective so that we may see what is the true being. The, the words used are the authentic being that each one is unwrapping the packaging to recognize that cultural conditioning is like a robe and uh, it is part of the dream, part of the field and ultimately let's unwrap the package and see clearly, ah, this is who we are, boundless, wise beings, contributing to the forms arising, part of the display, not ensconced in the display, just players and participants in the dance. So being selective, the gardener finds those seeds that have uh, reproduced over the years. So every year in our garden, we have been able to adapt seeds that in the past took 120 days to grow, and now they grow in 90 days. This was done through first starting them indoors because our seeds came with us from the south, and they now have adjusted to our living in the north. Also, this has meaning for each human being. What are the seeds of wisdom that you carry, and how do they manifest in the moment? What do you choose to manifest in the moment? The capacity is within. Sometimes the expression of these seeds' potential is also the creation of new neural pathways, roots, so to speak, roots within the cosmic field, your brain's electro-communication with the world. So what is it that as an individual you want to transform? You very clearly consider it and create a emotion a dance that becomes the idea that is transformed to reveal a treasure within. So it can be a simple motion such as reaching your hand out and spiraling it or touching the tips of each finger and then opening your hand. So first it is the physical motion that becomes an expression of the ideal, the intention you choose to accomplish. And you look at, okay, these things I've seen before, these things I've known before, they do not uh, bring 
what I wish to occur in my life in the moment. And so again, I make the hand motion. It can be just turning the hand down, touching each fingertip, then spiraling the hand up, touching each fingertip. And I shift my view and see within, aha, this is what I choose to accomplish now. So perhaps in the past you felt that the creative idea of abundance was outside yourself. And now you are shifting the view and the creative abundance arises from within as your skills and your ability to network with others are expressed. So uh, shifting your focus from ah, I worked for to I work with. And in this way, one may manifest abundance. Dreaming, visualization is very powerful. For many people, when they envision themselves uh, selectively accomplishing a result, they are establishing new pathways in the body-mind to bring it about. So before stretching, visualize yourself uh, very languid and flexible. And then you notice that your stretch is more deep and more full. So just as we read the garden, we also declutter the thought forms, those which no longer support wisdom and skill, those which are outgrown, they are compost for new wisdom to grow. So what we think, what we speak are magnetic attractors and bring results into our lives. The wise gardener understands that any vegetable matter, in this case we will think that any thought form and experience has indeed become compost for our vision, intention, our wisdom and skill for compassionate, skillful activity to flourish and grow and be revealed as a harvest of more joy, understanding in our lives. May that wisdom potential in every being flourish and grow, and may there arise skillful pathways of reconciliation and remediation, so there, where there appeared confusion, it is unwound, and joy and wisdom are revealed. May all beings benefit from this simple talk. May you recall your natural state. 
as luminosity. This concludes the lecture portion. Thank you so much for that offering, Venerable. So rich. I am going to let everyone know that you can raise your hand to ask Venerable a question by pressing star 2 on your keypad. You can raise your hand star 2 whether you're on Skype and have a Skype keypad or whether you're on the phone. If you're listening online uh, at the class pages, you can type a question in the box and submit a question that way. Star 2 to raise your hand if you're on the phone. And, oh, Venerable, I, I don't quite know where to begin. Um, but one question I have is, oh, we've got somebody else has a question. I'm going to let them go first. Uh, someone in uh, New Jersey, I'm unmuting you. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good. Uh, I guess it's afternoon. <laughs> this is Evelyn. Good afternoon, Evelyn. Good afternoon. So wonderful to hear your voice. It's just like, it's like a soothing balm. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. I really loved how your talk was about nature, and it brought me to the thought about um, cycles. Mm-hmm. and and patterns mm-hmm. and there seem to be patterns that are that I have observed that seem to be um cycling through my life and um I had a father who was unavailable to me and my siblings and my my mother and they ended up divorcing and um I ended up marrying a husband who was also unavailable he traveled all of the time and he was really gone more than he was home with us. And then we ended up getting divorced. Hmm. And now I'm in a relationship with a wonderful man, but he's also unavailable. So I'm wondering um, if I don't know how to identify the thing in me that is attracting what I want, but it's unavailable to me, and how I can break away from that or maybe – if break away from it is not the right thing, how can I take a lesson from it? I think there is a wonderful lesson uh, that you found a wonderful partner and he is unavailable. That means there is space for you to recognize what is available within you. Mm. Perhaps okay. you have chosen to explore uh, relationship with uh, grasping and to recognize the the spiritual uh, sovereignty in each being without the usual pathways of support uh, that you have an opportunity to explore the elasticity of relationship. Because when we think something is unavailable, um, what's available within us? Right. Right. Oh, so maybe that means that 
maybe that means that I have been, even though I thought I had stopped, <laughs> I think maybe in some ways I'm still looking outside of myself. Yeah, there, that is one way to look at it, that you, you're thinking the... The emotional joy comes from outside, and it can only come from within. And the joy of relationships is the ability to reflect with each other uh, and share with each other the arising understanding mm-hmm. in each moment. Right, but I mean, I sort of feel like that that joy of relationship of being with someone and learning about them and and sort of learning the lessons of you know being in that holy relationship with another person it feels to me like that's something that is day to day that um which for me is not really possible right now because you know we we're apart so it's is like, it really day to day, or is it a continuous communication uh, through time and space? Okay. <laughs> okay, that's another way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just think about your special friends when mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. meet each other again after months or years. Uh, do you continue your conversation, or do you start all over again? Oh, okay, yep, well, okay. Okay, wonderful. Well, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a, <laughs> you've given me a, a, a sort of a new way to, a new lens to look at it through, so, yeah. Great. Wonderful. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> What a great question. And star two to raise your hand. If anybody would like to quest, write a question in, you can also do that as well. If you're on the phone or on Skype, star two to raise your hand. And I'm going to follow up on what uh, Evelyn asked. And regarding the pattern or the thought that is bringing forth that experience, manifesting as the experience. In order to have a healing, do we have to recognize the thought? Do we have to figure out what the pattern is, where it came from, how we got it? Do Is, is that part of the healing process? Actually, my experience is not. And I've also seen the application of certain physical therapies um, with light, with sound, even with blinking the eyes that uh, makes a change in uh, a neural patterning, which can be the basis of uh, conditioned responses. So is the key then our willingness to have a healing? The key is to recognize the what appears and is experienced as illness is opportunity 
and that it resolves into certain knowledge. And in uh, many ways, uh, early mystics, uh, like Christian mystics such as Hildegard von Bingham, recognize that uh, something occurring in particular parts of the body was a, a question uh, seeking an answer about one's relationship with the divine. So you you'll hear superficially the connection of say the the feet with each of the organ systems and there is something to that and the ancient mystics looked at body sections as relating to the the sky in terms of astrology so for example pisces related to the feet uh so whatever is occurring in our body also has a message so pisces is about the, the deep waters the the mm. waters of uh, pristine awareness and the the secret information that one has kept from one's memory uh, and in a sense have become vortices that have impelled one uh, into action. So by observing what is occurring within our own body, we also have an indicator of the emotional uh, potential. Even the organ systems are related to uh, different emotions and experiences. And so is it important to go back to the memory? I think not, and I notice people who do uh, quite well. Uh, they have basically reset themselves to so, that... Uh, like a recalibration. Exactly. Back to the beginning, the clear point. To the clear point, yes. Mm -hmm. And um, much of uh, music healing is based on that principle. And... Uh, much of the work that is being done with sacred geometry and certainly uh, throughout uh, history as we have seen it um, refers to uh, symbols that are keys to awakening and remembering. And what I'm also hearing as you're talking, Venerable, is that it relates to our belief. Do we believe that we can release the pattern and be made new? Mm -hmm. And I think it's more than a belief that I can. Right. It, it is a, a recognition that I am part of yes. and and inseparable from. Uh, something uh, great and mysterious. And it's 
unfurling. Its song is continuing within. And I resonate, I choose to recall that wisdom sound. And and then it becomes clear that there are also codes of right relationship to perceive and recognize that holiness. Mm -hmm. And these become the basis of ethics, manners, and morals. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I could ask you about 40 follow-up questions, but I will... um, uh, Jennifer, I think it would be good to write them down. This is a, a potent moment. So mm-hmm. to write them down and uh I I can uh over time respond to them. I I I will do that and thank you for asking me. I I I do feel the potency also the the sincere listening from everyone who's on the line with us. And uh uh, Anne Lucas has raised a hand. We have a couple people raising their hands. I'm going to unmute Anne. Yeah. And Anne, I'm also going to ask you if you would lead us in the Long Life Prayer at the end. Of course, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Hello, I have two questions. Yep. One has to do with the principle I've become interested in, the idea of radical acceptance, that everything that comes to you in life is god coming to you, and that if you can accept everything that happens as God, then there's a way in which you can find your serenity by um, through that acceptance and then the transformation that becomes possible when you don't resist what is. Yeah. All appearances have arisen from space. All appearances are an echo of our choice to explore. All appearances ultimately are inseparable from the clear light of awareness. And to um, to respond to the appearances without adding to or taking away Creating uh, karmic um, ripples is indeed a clear path. Oh, good. Thank you. And the other question I have is about um, the astrology of this particular month. There's a grand cross um, with big planets that is just tightening. There are two eclipses. I certainly feel like a, uh, you know, a poor little snake who is shedding its skin and I'm wondering if you can give any guidance uh, for all of us who are feeling the power of this very uh, potent transformation time. Yes, this is indeed an incredible time and not only are we receiving uh, incredible opportunity through the uncovering of what has been hidden so that the potential seeds and jewels of wisdom may be revealed, we are also getting a taste of uh, the patterns of aggression and the means where they may be 
transmuted. And this is indeed a very powerful time to be alive, and it is also a time of great responsibility. As human beings, it is wise to shed our belief uh, in uh, them and us and uh, someone else being in charge. We are each responsible for our own thoughts and actions. And so the uh, energy of the universe as it is being expressed in this um, in these times, uh, they are to illumine and with the, the fire of discernment, that is the eye that looks behind appearances, unraveling the uh, projections. So, example, um, for many Native Americans, we have prophecies and uh, all people have prophecies. If this happens, then this is a possibility. If that happens, then that's a possibility. And it is possible for us to awaken and recall the original instructions, the wisdom that is within us, because as we are seeing in our galaxy and in our planetary system, the alignment of particular planets that uncover and reveal, we also are being gifted with energy from the very heart of the galaxy that... um, the concretized views which were necessary uh, in our early human evolution to understand matter are no longer uh, applicable. So it is a wake-up call for everyone, and it is uh, truly a good time to be alive and uh, to be courageously willing to uh, let go of our uh, idea that it is happening to us and to joyfully uh, stand in the place of we are contributing to and shaping with this field of wisdom, a world arising a new world arising. Um, And uh, the cornerstone that was once a stone of uh, obfuscation uh, now becomes uh, the cornerstone of a wondrous library of wisdom. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And we have someone in La Jolla, California, raising their hand. Hi, Jennifer. This is Chris. Can you hear me? This is Chris. Good morning. Hi. Um, I I didn't really want to change the subject, but yesterday um, on the class, 
Jennifer told my girlfriend to call and ask the question, for, and I don't think she's available. But I had a similar thing happen, and you can stop me if you want to answer at a different time or or not at all. But we did uh, therapeutic touch treatments, and in one of the classes, they did a chakra balancing on me. And when I thought, oh, this is like silly, you know, I don't feel anything. But when they got down to my my uh, lower area, I had a swish and saw a um, thing that looked like a gargoyle, and it sat up in the corner of the room, and I got somewhat emotional, um, and, you know, they continued with the balancing but really didn't know what to do with me. and. And it was just just weird, you know. Is that something we should pay attention to, or you know, it's never happened to me since. I do have, I did find a a gargoyle that looked like this little guy, and I have him in my garden. It's um, interesting. There are uh, thought form energy collectives that, in a sense, uh, live on other people and uh, actually um, inspire people to act or move in certain ways until one recognizes this is not um, me. This is a thought form. Uh, This is an energy being. So uh, some people refer to it as a, a parasitic thought form that uh, somehow is sustained by unconscious energy. Once that which was unconscious is brought into the light of understanding, uh, then one no longer has a place of uh, attachment for uh, such energy beings. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I understood that, but so so something was released from me. Yes. And my un um a be previously unable to un know what was going on was sort of like encapsulated in this figure. Yes. And now I can release that. Yes, so the energy that, uh, wisdom energy that may have been, uh, locked up in uh-huh. the unconscious experience is uh-huh. now, uh, released for reintegration and application in, uh, your life. Even though I have no insight as to what it meant? Yeah. It, it it is what it means is that uh, an energy that may have been parasitic was released. Okay, so there there is a sense. Uh, my friend and I both worked in the hospital, and um, uh, one of her questions were, "Is, is did the do, can people suck your energy like?" Um, you know, we were a long time in the hospital. And um, um, do we need to detach from these people who we've seen in various traumatic situations and dying and things? 
you really uh, need to. Yes. When you have the heart of compassion where you are working with those who are ill or suffering, it is most important to uh, remind yourself and others that we are beings of light and we are blessed and let us directly access the source within the heart so that we one is not drawing on another. So the wise practitioner, the wise healer, has a very uh, deep spiritual practice so that it is not your physical being that sustains. What sustains is the overflowing, cascading waves of grace that come from the awakened field and move through you to benefit others. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I definitely will listen to this again. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thank you, Chris. And uh, star two to raise your hand. Anybody else have a question? You can also type in a question. Uh Venerable, I've collected a couple of questions, and uh, one of them is, could you speak to, uh, it's, it's off topic a bit, but it's something that comes up for people frequently, uh, falling asleep in meditation or seeming to go into an altered state in meditation, uh, is there anything for people to, a meaning for people to make of that? and or a cure? Yes, I think when initially people begin to meditate, um, there is deep, uh, there are a point of deep relaxation. After there are points of monkey mind chatter, then there comes a deep relaxation. And uh, as as the bridge is being restored within the person's body-mind, one may experience falling asleep or actually uh, not knowing. And uh, as one continues to uh, meditate, then those uh, experiences are less and less and one has more uh, a longer period of um, clarity. Thank you. And related to the body-mind that you've been sharing about so much in this class, we have several people in Masterful Living uh, going through things like chemotherapy and other medical procedures that are uh, challenging. And uh, so, for instance, uh, I, I, I'm staying with someone who is going to have a chemotherapy procedure tomorrow, and there's a sense of apprehension. This is not the first treatment. And uh, there's a, a, a what I'm feeling is there's a body memory, a cellular memory 
that this is a, a difficult experience, a traumatic experience. How does one relax the body mind in or because if you've made this choice to go through this, how do you relax the body mind so that you can fully experience the benefit? To to relax the body mind, it is good to consider that all that is flowing through you is blessed and infused with the light of pristine awareness and pristine health, that within your body there is a, a resonance with the perfect clear waters of renewal, mm. and to uh, contemplate all uh, that is ingested as imbued with the pristine, pure waters and the cascading waves of renewal. Thank you so much for that. And uh, I also would like to ask you, you were referring earlier to the blue-white jet in the heart center. Mm-hmm. Is there a relationship between that blue-white jet and the uh, blue flame of divine will? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as as we are describing uh, the blue-white jet, it is the creative energy, the potential that has arisen from space. I would say will is something, would be a secondary or tertiary um, Mm. aspect of that. Thank you. Mm And uh, I have one final question, and that is that uh, you were speaking about the hypnotic effect of the conditioned view and to remember that the heart is not deceived and that the heart directly perceives the truth. And yet there are times when, uh, particularly in relationship where it seems as though our heart has deceived us. Yes, it this certainly is experience of life uh, for many that, oh, I thought it was this way, and it is actually not. And for the moment, the the emotional... Aspects of the heart, sought, and the eyes wishing saw through the lens of hoping what was changing. Yes. So is there a sense that we can deceive ourselves oh, gosh, with hope? Yes. With yes. hope? We can deceive ourselves with hope, belief. Um, yes, it is easy 
Mm-hmm. And the the wondrous exploration is to to peel away uh, those skins over our eyes and our heart's direct perception. So, like, there is the concept of romantic love. And uh, people may see in the movie or on TV, this is what it's supposed to be like, and they begin to think, oh, that's how it is. Yes. And they may not recognize the true love that is right there. Yes, and everybody's path is unique. Indeed. We're all joined together, but each path is unique. I have one more question I just realized that I really would like to ask you, and that is uh, you talked about the harvest. Mm -hmm. And uh, what came to me was that after the harvest, uh, that there's a tilling of the soil. And I... I wonder what we, after we have had an experience, let's say, a learning experience, and it may be a, a simple one, or it may be one that's very challenging, like going through chemo, and that there is an opportunity if we don't judge it, if we're uh, open and receptive, that there's tremendous learning, and the harvest can come, and then we can. Uh, take that harvest into the storehouse of our awareness and share the benefits with everyone. What would be the spiritual equivalent of tilling the field after the harvest? Giving thanks. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Thank you so much, Venerable. You are welcome. I appreciate this opportunity to communicate with people around the world via the dancing electrons and photons, and I appreciate your asking me to do this, Jennifer. Well, I'm so grateful that you accept the invitation and share so much with us. And uh, I'm going to invite Anne. Now I'm going to unmute Anne. All right. Okay. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road, calling all to see. Crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters. May your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings. And live a long, good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families, who holds the secret Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajradakini, may your life, Dahani Oahu, Ever remain firm and long. See you each in the light of clear awareness. 
Wado. Wado. See you in the light.